fun walking around with a walking stick. Um, all morning I've been walking around with it, and what I like are you, you get looks from people. They're like, "Should we ask him about it?" I mean, what, maybe maybe we don't want to know. Uh, maybe something happened. Uh, Jordan was brave enough. I mean, I think he's just like, "Hey, you know, you're looking very biblical," and uh, so that's good. If you uh, thank you, Kevin. Thank you, John. If you're a member of the um, the finance team or the design team. Would you stand up so that folks could see you, please, if you're, if you're here with us? Could you just stand up? And I, I want you to thank these folks, first of all. And I also want you to know that these are the people that you can talk to about these plans. And, um, you know, you can talk to them today. That'd be fine. Um, or any of our shepherds. But why not talk to them about it over ice cream tonight at 530 because everything goes better with ice cream. And, uh, and so anyway, uh, please come to that tonight and, and do, let's get into this conversation. But I'm just excited that something is going to begin. We are going to begin something God has brought us this far. And um, anyway, it has, knowing that on this day of sharing that uh, we're talking about how we've shared all of this and... Um, shared this initial amount through pledges and through cash, and now we can build something that we can share together and use it to glorify God. Um, this is a sign that's in the Benjamin household. And it's a sign that I think, did we purchase that in Texas? or I don't know. The week we moved here, okay. And I think we did that because we were in temporary housing for a while. And so with all the moving around and, fe- and feeling that sense of being dislocated from a permanent place, we decided to find this little sign, and, and it has the, the message that houses are made of bricks and beams, but homes are made of love and dreams. And uh, two years ago, when we started this two-sided approach we had both of those ideas in, in mind. Now you can tell from that little sign there that there's more, that there's a difference between your family house and your family home. That a house is an address, a house is a place, and it may be important, but the home that dwells there, the people that make that up, the love and dreams that are attached to that place, that's very important too. So, when we were in the midst of all that moving, this little sign reminded us that there's much more to our home than an address and the roof over our head. It kept us on the right perspective. But I will tell you that when there's a leak in that roof, you, no matter how much love you have, you start dreaming of some new bricks and beams, okay? And when there's mold in the bathroom, your dreams change. It, uh, you start dreaming of new subway tile and uh, new drywall. It, it's part of being the embodied creatures that we are. It made sense to share this information about remodeling on Blue Jeans Sunday. Uh, Blue Jeans Sunday in the past used to, uh, well, here's how it started. Blue Jeans all, Sunday began as a time when... Um, this congregation, we needed a win. We needed to feel good about something. We needed to do something good. And the way we chose to do it was to get outside of ourselves. 
And the Hope Chest was a new ministry then. And one of the things we knew that they needed was blue jeans. And so we borrowed some ideas from some other congregations. Everybody showed up in their blue jeans, but, but not even dressed up blue jeans. It was your work clothes. And then we went out that day and we did service projects. And, and not just for us. We did service projects for other people. Well, now, service has become a part of our culture. It's become a part of what we do. And we do it in so many different ways. Uh, you can go down to the Hope Chest uh, three days a week, and you can see, the, uh, you can see the, the, the work that goes on down there. And you can be a part of it. And I know that they've uh, already received something like 1,100 genes today. Uh, and that number continues to increase, and they're getting all the right sizes. And so they're going to have something that they can use to reach out to others. By the way, Hope Chest, uh, this is, they've developed so many good things here lately. Uh, if you didn't, just like if you didn't make your pledge for the building and you want to add to that, yeah, it can always be used. Likewise, if you didn't bring blue jeans today, you weren't sure where to buy them, you weren't sure how to help, why don't you make a donation to the Hope Chest? Now, you can go online on the app, or westark.org slash give, and you'll see one there for blue jeans, or you can write a check to Hope Chest. And uh, how many of our Hope Chest workers are in here right now? How many of you are here? Let's stand up so we can see you. I know, it's, I know, but we've got to see you or raise your hand or something. There you go. Give those folks. Thank you. But I want you to see them, too. Because those would be folks to give uh, your donation to if it's uh, cash or uh, a check. Or you can go online and we'll get it to them. Service has become a part of what we do in so many ways. Um, you, you can go down to Hope Park uh, on the third Saturday of any month and you can see how our group gets together uh, to feed those who need a meal. Uh, you can drive a chuck, truck for, for cure, you know. Cure has made six trips to disaster sites since we met last time. And um, when we mentioned that there was a need for Cure, you talk about our growth in service. Uh, at this point, $52,228 have been raised for hurricane relief efforts. And uh, something like 70% of that comes from this West Ark family. Um, you can see that service is a part of what we do. And not everything that are in these remodeling plans that we have shown you, that the team has shown you, not everything in them is just about having bright, shiny comfort. I mean, you know, I, uh, I, 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 I resist... Uh, paying top dollar for things I just don't think I think there's a lot of things that you pay for that you don't need and I can understand that and uh, I'm gonna and, and one of the reasons why it takes us so long to deal with our bricks and beams in our house is because I insist on doing a lot of the work of my, myself because I don't want to pay for it and and, and you know it, it's it, it's just that money saving tendency and, and sometimes we can see works like this and we might think mm, you know is it right for us to spend this money on ourselves well we're not just spending it on ourselves, and some of it is not luxury or uh, something nice. Some of it, a lot of it, is need. There is need. It just doesn't stand out the same way. 
I can see a group of people right now who are signaling me that we need new air conditioning controls. That has been happening a lot. I mean, just look around, these people. This is the international symbol for, ooh, I'm going to make a donation towards the air conditioner. That's what, that's what that is. Hey, we do the best we can. Those controls are old. They need to be upgraded. <clears throat> our alarm system, our security system, is on the decline. We could probably get that fixed and you'd never know the difference, but why not tell you? Well, uh, there is a reason why I want to tell you. But there's a lot of things like that that just need to be upgraded. A 30-year-old building needs upgrades. And by the way, it is a sign of appreciation and it's the virtue of gratitude when we take care of what has been entrusted to us. We needed new lights. We got new lights. And in fact, we need, I'm told that this one right here is dimmer than the others. So we need somebody who knows how to play around with the light controls up there. Caleb Rudder, don't you have some skill in that area or something like that? Why don't you, some of you join up with Caleb Rudder and guess what? We've got a great thing to play with right there. I mean, uh, you know, these are LED lights. They, uh, they're saving money as well as making the room less yellow. You know, they... Uh, they work, but all of these things come about because there are needs. We needed to upgrade those lights. Now, I'm not trying to sell you on the needs. I hope you can understand it. It's just a simple fact. What I want to emphasize, though, is where does that money come from to do that? Well, I want to reveal some secrets to you, secrets that you may not know about the money at West Ark. We do not have a money press in the basement of this church where we print our own money. We don't even have a basement. We do not have a secret government program that gives us money on a regular basis. When you leave today, there will be no gift shop that you have to go through to get out of here. You're not charged admission when you show up. We don't have any book deals. There's no magic money tree that was once in the Garden of Eden hidden somewhere in the office complex. No, every dime that is spent is really, and every dime that is given is just like this. It's given by people who get generous who decide to take the money that they have, to take what they have, and give it. And when the kids are given to this, they're given to this so that works can be done on the mission field. And I know that um, the money that we give week after week, you have different reasons for giving, and I'm not putting down any of those. Maybe you see it as a duty, as an obligation, as something that you love to do, as something that uh, makes you feel cheerful. You see it as the right thing to do. Whatever it is, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. Um, but what I want you to know is that it, it may not always be a great need like hurricane relief or the need to patch a leaky roof. It may just be that everyday giving that is required because there are everyday needs. You know, this new lighting came to us because of one thing, generosity. 
and it's saving money. But how does the electrical bill still get paid? Generosity. It's everyday generosity with just the money that we have that takes care of the everyday needs. Now, in the budgeting world and the, the, the money world of West Ark, we call that the general fund. You know about general fund, okay, and all the battles he fought uh, and the armies he led. And boy, I, I'm going to have to pay back for that joke. That, didn't, that was no good. Um, if you look, like, for example, on the app that we have, and you look under Give, and you can scroll through all the different options. One of those, by the way, will be blue jeans for the Hope Chest today. One is Cure. But there's one at the top that says General Fund. And that doesn't really excite anyone. That's about as exciting as that joke I tried to make. General Fund. Oh, the General Fund. Yeah, you got to give to the General Fund. What's a General Fund? What I want you to know is there's a lot of everyday needs that are included in that. And it requires a lot of everyday generosity. But I'm going to make a proposal. And you don't have to, no one has to do this. But I think it'd be great for us if we did. How are the electrical bills paid? How do we get new lights? How do we get new facilities? How do we pay the uh, bills of the people who serve us and lead us? Who are the employees here? Who takes care of the trash? How is all that taken care of? Well, donations and giving, but it ultimately comes down to generosity. The everyday general needs are taken care of by everyday generosity. The general fund is actually as specific as any other fund. It's been called general fund because, you know, you want to uh, differentiate it from other funds like the missions fund that is set for a specific purpose. Uh, you, have, you have other funds like a building fund, which I don't think we have one of those right now. Not really, do we? I mean, you know, be, uh, you have this, this special project. And, and again, it's how that money's separated. But the general fund is just as specific as any other fund because it goes towards real specific things, real needs. So what if we started calling the general fund the generosity fund? What do you think? I mean, we know what it means. You might say, well, yeah, but Benjamin, we're trying to be friendly. We're trying to be inviting. Outsiders will come in. They won't know what the generosity fund is. Do you think they know what the general fund is? They probably are trying to figure out what war he fought in. So, you know, yeah, why not call it the generosity fund? And then that reminds all of us that the discipline of giving, the spiritual discipline of giving, is about growing in generosity and letting God do with those gifts what he will. In your uh, bulletin every week, we give you some stats. Right down here, right next to the little map that tells you how to get to ice cream supper, we give you these stats. We take the time. Why? Because of accountability. Because we don't want to be sloppy with that money. I'm telling you, of all the churches I've known, West Ark, if West Ark is not the best, it is among the best in financial responsibility. I'll, I'll stack our practices up against churches that I know in a lot of places. This church does a great job with that. 
And, uh, and so this accountability, it shows you that the budget goal per week is $17,000. That $17,000 per week is a number that our leaders came up with to say, you know, that's what we're going to need to take care of these everyday needs, to take care of paying for these ministries and these bills and the ministers and, and all of the activities that we do. That's the number. And if we can get to that number every week, then we'll be in good shape. Now, it's an estimated number. You can also see the average, 16,819, and see that we're a little low. I'm not here to make you feel guilty about that. That's an average. Averages change, and they change a lot. But I can tell you, if my math is right, and I'm like Kevin when it comes to construction, but when it comes to math, I've got a thimble full of uh, math IQ. But I think I've figured this out, and I'll tell you what, if I haven't figured it out correctly, then you get the privilege and the joy of telling me that I'm just dead wrong, okay? And, but then you've got to correct everybody and stand up here and tell them what the truth is. All right, so if I'm right, based on an average attendance of 500 people, and I know that some of the 500 aren't giving a lot of money, I'm not putting anybody out. I mean, I'm just like talking about Campbell. I mean, you know, she didn't wake up this morning thinking, you know, let's see, what do I got to give? But she will. I mean, you know, a lot of the kids do give. I'm just talking about per head, per capita. To close the gap on that average and the weekly budget is about 36 cents a person per week. Huh. All right. And if I fail to my math, you can tell me later. But you know what? I say, let's, 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 uh, I don't think it's any lower than that. Round it off to a dollar. So for a family of four, it's four bucks a week. I'm just saying, there might be simple solutions which lead us to greater efforts. Why not? That's, um, that's what the generosity fund could be. And I'm not afraid to talk about money and giving. And I, 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 I you know... If, if you think this is boring, if you think, boy, you know, I mean, all we talk about is money. Well, Jesus spends some time talking about money. And that seems to be what preachers always say when they apologize for preaching about money, is that Jesus had a lot to say about money. Okay, that's great. But for me, the money represents something. Because the money is never about the money. That's a lot of wisdom I received from people, good people that I love. Money is never about money. It's always about what that money is doing in the service of God and how much of that money we're willing to give and let go of our greed, let go of our neediness and see to the needs of others. When I think of things like the new parking lot paving that happened recently, when I think of the, the, the temperature controls that the general generosity fund paid for, I'm just talking about the everyday stuff that Jerry Looney did when he went around here, making those lights shut themselves off, making the temperature controls adjust, which has saved us more money out of the generosity fund. When I think about the new lights, the security systems that we have, the gymnasium that continues to be upgraded, all of those bricks and beams that make this our family house, I think of generosity. And I think about what we're sharing so that God can enable us to share his glory and his good news with others. You know, this building is used almost every day of the week. And in the 
14, something like 14 years I've been here, I don't remember it being in, in his, maybe it was, but I don't remember it. I don't remember it being used so greatly and so widely and so often. Um, but that's a good problem to have because it means that the vision and the usefulness of this facility is, is, is coming about. And, and it's going to get used even more. When Larry Roper stood here and told you the plans about Celebrate Recovery, we want to design our family house, the bricks and beams, so that it becomes a welcoming, inviting place to those who need healing and hope. And that's where we go back to those four words that John mentioned. Campus kids, healing hope. Now I'm going to tell you another West Ark secret. Uh, when, when Campus Kids Healing Hope came about around 2008, uh, for some of us, campus and kids, well, that was easy to understand. The campus ministry, the youth ministry, the children's ministry, campus kids. Healing and hope was a little fuzzier. We weren't exactly sure what that meant. We knew that maybe it had something to do with cure, it had something to do with hope chest maybe at that time, which, were, which was kind of new right about that time too. And maybe other, you know, mission works and stuff. But they were just kind of two really great sounding words. Over the last nine years, the mission of healing and hope has become more specific. And Larry and Donna have returned here and they're helping us with this. But they'll tell you too, there have been, there have been other things happening here to bring all of this together in God's time. And in fact, we don't even know what all those things are that are bringing that together. We won't know until this information meeting that we're going to go to next. Because if you've been involved in a Celebrate Recovery, you come to that and we find out how you add to it. It's all God's work. It's all God's work and it, and it works together. Some of the recent events that I've been thinking of have reminded me of how important it is for us to be intentional about this two-sided effort to both upgrade the church building... And to strengthen the church, which is the people. Now, there may be a few of you here who remember that when this facility was new, that the first words that Jack Harriman preached from the pulpit were Ebenezer. If you don't know that story, this is a good time for us to be reminded of it. Because this is your story too. You did not have to be here in 1983 to own this story. Just like you and I did not have to be there when Israel defeated the Philistines to own that story from 1 Samuel. The Ebenezer, it's a Hebrew word for the stone of help. And even in those days, when they realize how much God has helped them to protect them, to allow them to, to grow into a kingdom that glorifies God, and to defeat their enemies, to overcome their enemies, they realize that God has helped them thus far. And so what do they do? They build a monument. They, they raise a stone, and they call it the stone of help, to say, thus far, to this point, the Lord has helped us. And so in many ways, this structure is an Ebenezer. It is a stone of help. The bricks and beams that make up what we have here. It's our stone of help and we don't want it to fall down. So that we can tell generations to come. Not stories 
just stories of how it was built, but stories of what the building of it means. And I'm thinking of how, you know, when, um, when uh, Ellen and Elaine Presley, uh, or well, Pre- it's, it's, I'm getting the names all mixed up. Uh, Clay Smith and Wade Presley married Ellen and um, Elaine, Emily Camp, thank you, good grief. You know, come on, the E names, guys. What are you doing with that? You know, couldn't you have used other letters in the alphabet? But, but when, when we had that wedding here, and there were, there were two families up here getting married, and I said, why do you want to have this? Wade Presley was the one who told me. He said, I was baptized here. He said, I grew up here. I met Emily here. He said, I want to be married in our family's living room. This is the house that that spiritual family grows up in. And it's the house that that real family, the new Presley family, now grows out of. And there's a lot of that, and there's a lot of those stories. This week, Craig and Lindsay Johnson are starting their new ministry in Ohio. They grew up here. Lindsay certainly did. Craig came to know Christ. And now they're off with... um, another family. And, and, you know, we can lament. We can say, oh, you know, our young people never stay here. You know, we, hey, we are getting the benefit. They've just moved to our uh, Ohio branch. That's all it is. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's the kingdom. Gina Belote will tell you today, we've got the Bulgaria flag up here. She grew up here. And she's going to go to Bulgaria, and she's going to go to our Bulgaria branch. That's her dream. And, you, and, and you've made that possible, not just by funding it, but by raising her. And she was telling me a story this week that, that, that some of the process of faith is like muscle memory. That when you're a little older and you're going through tough times, you just have to get back to your spiritual reflexes. And you just have to realize you've got to trust God. I said, yeah, it's kind of like Karate Kid, you know, wax on, wax off. You just get used to it. Where did she learn the spiritual version of wax on, wax off? Here, from you, from her teachers. And all these little kids that we're seeing today that are coming up here and doing this, they're just like Gina and Lindsay and Rachel Null, who's in, who's in Guatemala right now, working with that ministry. Oh, and there's so many others. I mean, you can name them. In fact, let's talk about them at ice cream tonight, okay? And don't just tell me, tell other people. I mean, you're just going to jog my memory. I know most of these. But I want you to tell one another about these stories. You you just never know how God's going to return your investments in all of this. Our children's minister, Alyssa Benjamin, she started out as one of our youth interns. We pay for those youth interns out of the generosity fund. She... She spends three months with us. She learns a little bit about ministry. She gets to know us. She gets married to Robert. Her and Robert move back to the area. They end up here. Next thing you know, she's on staff, and then she's our children's minister. Ministering to little children who will one day be sharing the gospel and doing things in many places, not just as ministers and missionaries, but in other fields. They'll be contributing members to a lot of good congregations that are out there. Larry and Donna Roper were members here once, and now they're back with us, helping us with these CR plans. None of this was by our design. It's the design of God. And when we give 
to the generosity fund, we're showing our gratitude for what God does. God gives us the help, and we raise the stone monuments that inspire the next generations. Generosity is how we set up those stone monuments of help, of God's help, in the 21st century. None of us can be totally prepared for the future. Not by our own planning, not by our own manipulation. You can try to do everything right, and still there are things that will happen that are completely unexpected. But we can be ready for the future by trusting in God. And when we trust in God, we're not afraid to share what we have. Which is why I've been carrying around this walking stick to make a point. This walking stick, and you'll look at it, and it's, uh, it's one of those fancy walking sticks that you buy to go hiking, and it's got badges on it from the different places that um, I went to to hike, and it's even got a little compass here in the top. Oh, boy. But you know what? It started its life as a stick. And at the end of the day, with or without its badges and its compass, it's still a stick. Just a stick. But God can do great things with a stick. In Exodus 4, Moses, speaking to God through the burning bush that was not consumed by the fire. God's got a big plan for Moses, wants him to go to the superpower of the world, Pharaoh, and say, let my people go. And Moses is not just concerned about Pharaoh, he's concerned about the people of God. What if they don't believe me? What if they don't listen to me? What if they say, oh, the Lord didn't appear to you? The Lord asked him, what's that in your hand? And there he was, an old shepherd working for his father-in-law. He would have had a stick. Probably didn't have badges on it, I don't know. Certainly didn't have a compass in it. But he had a stick. And he says, it's a, it's a stick. It's a shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Well, you know the story. God says, Put, throw the stick on the ground. In other words, give it away. Give it up. It turns into a snake. It's a miracle. He says, that miracle will show them that you come in my name. Okay, but let's back off the miracle right now. How does a stick become a snake? What was it like? Did it just start wiggling? Who cares? I want you to back up. Look at the question that God asks Moses. When Moses is so concerned that his message won't be heard, that there will be failure, that the people of God won't give in and won't participate in this. And the question that God asks him is, hey, what are you holding in your hand? God is asking Moses not to give what he doesn't have. He's asking Moses, why don't you just give me what you have? No excuses. you got a stick in your hand, don't you? I do have a stick in my hand. All right, fine, we'll work with that. What do you have in your hand? What do you have? Because God, if God can, can perform miracles with a stick, I bet he can do things with what we have too. The question is, are we willing to throw it down on the ground for him? Are we willing to give it up for him? What can God do with your life if you trust it to him? Would you pray with me? Father, we ask... That you will teach us um, in our worry, in our anxiety, in our fear about the future, even in our questions, even in our musings, our wonderings, 
at the end of the day to learn to trust in you, to live a life of generosity, knowing that through generosity you can do far more than we can with all of our planning and manipulation. Father, we've heard plans today to use blue jeans to share the gospel, to use ice cream to build fellowship, plans today to use a building and a foyer to welcome people in your name to glorify you with bricks and beams. And Father, we pray that you would bless all of these things and help us to not grow weary and lose heart. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Let us know if we can encourage you today. Let's stand and sing.